Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, chocker with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Chur. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Kete how are you all? Well, kete pai, I am good. I am actually good. Um, I have been quite unwell, as you probably know from listening to the last episode, but um, I'm definitely on the mend, um, feeling a lot brighter and better. Unfortunately, my doctor had me uh, quit alcohol and coffee amongst other bits and pieces. Um, So this is my third week going in with no coffee and no alcohol. And, and, you know, it's a bit rough, um, but I'm surviving um, and feeling much brighter. So I'll count that as a win and I won't miss it too much. Um. Today I want to talk to you about a game I played uh, with uh, Joe Richter of Hindsightless. Um, He is a very cool dude who lives over in Seattle um, and we have become very good friends through RPG Uh, and uh, we in the the weekend um, just gone played a game um, out of a book, a fighting fantasy book, uh, which um have been around for a while um i believe they're originally published what back in the 80s or something i'm looking for like a original publishing i have the book right here in front of me you think i'd look that up before yeah so first published in the uk by the penguin group in 1984 uh you know text copyright by ian livingston in 1984 so a year after i was born that's fun um so yeah this this particular fighting fantasy book um bought out in the 80s um the fighting fantasies, the the hitting he- of was you are the hero. And so the idea is that you are the one playing this adventure in the book, which is all written for you. So I want to talk about that. Later on in this episode, um, we hear some call-ins, which is very exciting. Um, uh, thank you to Carl from uh, Geomologist Presents and uh, Jason um, from Nerds RPG Variety Cast and Joey from Hindsightless as well. Um, you'll hear from all of them as part of the episode and uh, you'll also hear a continuation of our My Little Pony adventure as Strong Oak, Thrilly Philly and Firebrand tackle uh what you have voted for, and what their next piece of the choices will be. So, how exciting. Lots and lots on the, on the cards today. Um, I can't wait to just sink my teeth into it. So, fighting fantasy books. Yeah, like I said, they were bought out in and around the 80s and they were massively popular in the UK. How did I hear about them? I actually heard about these books very first time listening to Spike Pit um, over on his uh, channel, uh, his podcast, Spike Pit. Um, he was actually talking about the Finding Fantasy books and he uh, read out 
the intro, like the starting kind of um, chapter of a few of them in a row. Um, And I really enjoyed listening to him read them. I like wondered about what the story was going to be and the concept, how it worked and and if these books were really as good as he said they were. Um, And I just never really got it out of my head. And one day when I wandered into my very favorite ever uh, shopping store, BD&D, a local gaming store here in Wellington, situated over in Petone, run by an amazing couple, uh, Nikki and Shane, with a host of amazing team. Um, And I really, really, really recommend that um, if you're local uh, you give them your support and if you're not local good news they have a website too uh, which you can order all the things and get it delivered to your house so that's bdnd as in b-e-a and then dnd um and yeah yeah, they go everywhere. Um, they support a whole lot of uh, different gaming and um, they're just really awesome people. So I wandered into BDD and there on the shelf was just this little, you know, just this little grouping of books that was fascinating to me. And I was like, oh, what are those? And they were like, oh, they're fighting fantasies. Have you ever heard of them? And I'm like, shut up. Yes, I have. I didn't know we had them over here. Uh, And I was flicking through the titles and I saw the one called Death Trap Dungeon. And I remembered um, old Spike Pit having read that one out, the starter of that one out. And so I was like, well, it has to be that one. It has to be that one because he read it out and um, I'm just so excited to uh, find out what happens after the chapter he read. You know, find out what happens when, when you go and enter the dungeon, you know. Um, do we survive? Do we make it through to the other side? Ah, so good. So, um, yeah, I, I picked it up, uh, took it home. Obviously, this isn't the original um, 80s book. This is a, a very nice reprint um, which has been done. It looks like they've rerun them completely. Um, in 2018, it looks like they've redone them. Um, and they're very nice. They're all gold, uh, gold gilded, you know, they put the little fancy shinies on it. The, the artwork is very cool. The book is very well, um, designed and like on the edges of the, um, pages, it all looks like it's kind of like, um, rotting away or damaged sort of with these little illustrations that they've done on the edges of all the pages, even though the book is brand stinking new. Um, so yeah, that's fun. Uh, and you know, it just like, it looks like a cool, uh, dungeon on the back with the artwork and stuff. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, $25 I picked that puppy up for, um, which I considered to be a bit of a steal considering how much fun we had. So, um, I had that sitting on the the desk, on my playing desk for a while until I sort of had a moment because I knew it would take me an hour or two to kind of, you know, really tackle this book properly. So um, there was a day basically where I was bored. I wasn't really doing anything and I rang Joey like I usually do when I'm bored because I like to talk to my friends when I'm bored um, and was like, hey, sup, what are you doing? And he was like, nothing. And I was like, hey, so you want to play some fighting fantasy? And he was like, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. How late is it? How much time have we got? And we had a bit of a chat and it was like, yeah, I've got I've got an hour or so. It won't take longer than that, right? And then we were like, yeah, probably not. So, um we opened the book. Um, 
we had to give the rules a quick read because obviously neither of us have played a fighting fantasy book before. Um, so let me kind of summarize that all up for you. Um, you, you go to the back of the book, um, and they have like basically like a, how to make your character kind of block and then how some rules on how combat and stuff is going to work. So they tell you like you have in your possession a sword and a backpack containing provisions, food and drink for the trip. Um, you have been preparing your quest by training yourself in sword play and exercising vigorously to build up your stamina. Um, and then it asks you to basically roll for your, your points. So you have a skill points, stamina points and luck points. Um, and they have a little adventure sheet in the back of the book, which you can like photocopy. I didn't do that. I just kind of grabbed a book and, um, scribbled up my own adventure sheet using their template, but you roll, um, die for this. So the, the, the whole way through, you basically need two D six, um, as well as your, your book and a pencil. Pencil's quite helpful. Um, they do actually have character sheets in the back and spare ones. So if you really just wanted to, you could probably just pencil that straight into the book um, and then erase it out and then go again the next time. But I like to keep my books fresh. So that's why I used a separate book. Um, so to roll your stats, you go, you roll a six and then it, uh, roll a D6, sorry. And then for your skill, you add a six to that number and that is your skill. And then to determine your stamina, you roll both d6 and then you add a 12 to whatever you've rolled and that's your stamina. And then again for luck, you roll 1d6 and then you add 6 and that's your luck. So um, it is that easy to kind of roll up your character um, and those stats sort of change all the way through the book. So it's like uh, roll against your skill to get something done. Uh, and you have to roll under your skill or the same as usually to win. If you roll over, that's bad. Um, but either way, you um, like depending on what happens, you may have to remove points from things at, at certain points. When you use your luck, every time you use your luck, regardless of whether it is um, good luck or bad luck, you know how about how well you roll against your luck. You need to remove a luck point. So every time you lose your luck, you have you you use your luck. You have less luck than the next time. You know, it's it's harder and harder and harder to actually succeed on a luck roll, which kind of makes sense. You know, your luck runs out usually. So, yeah. And yeah, like, and battling is basically the same. So you roll two dice for the creature, you add its skill score, which it tells you when you meet a creature in the dungeon, it'll tell you like this creature's stamina is this and its skill is that. Um, and that's its attack strength. And then you roll two dice for yourself, add your current skill, and that's your attack strength. And you basically go, whose is higher? Uh, if your attack strength is higher, then you have wounded the creature. If the creature's attack strength is higher, then it has wounded you. It fits the same. It's a stalemate. You basically manage to, um, you know, avoid each other. Um, if you wound the creature, you subtract two points from its stamina score. Um, and if it wounded you, you to subtract two points from your own. So you're not having to worry about how many points or whatever. It's just two. Um, you can use your luck to either do more damage to the creature if you hit or 
do less damage to yourself if it hit you. Um, but again, you have to roll for that and it gets harder each time to be able to do that. So that's the basics of like the how how things work. There's a few other bits and pieces like wh- how you can escape from battles um, and how you can restore your skill and restore your stamina and restore your luck and that kind of stuff. Um, you also get to choose a potion. Um, at the beginning of the adventure, uh, we chose, I believe, a potion of fortune, which restores your luck points and add one to your initial luck, which is very helpful. So it goes up constantly. Um, would we have done that again, having played the way that we played? Yeah, maybe. I mean, that luck came in handy a couple of times, but sometimes I, I kind of wish we'd taken the potion of skill so we could have restored our skill points and had more opportunities to do well. At the end there, we uh, were it didn't really matter how we were rolling. Our, our skill points were so low, it was really hard to do well. So, you know, that was... That was um, that was the thing, um, yeah. So so we we rolled up our character, we learned about how to play, and then we cracked the book and we went. The very first choice, um, which you can which you can see yourself if you buy a Death Trap Dungeon, um, is to basically open a box that you find down a corridor, or to not open it and just continue. And right from the very first choice, we were like, oh no, okay. These are going to be hard. Do we open the box and it like kills us because there's something like bad inside and, and we die right at the start of the dungeon, like the very first choice? Because, you, you know, you you imagine that sort of stuff, um, you know, happening or do we do we keep going? But is this box going to contain something that is going to be like vitally important for the rest of the journey? You know, like we, we, we should have known this in order to... Um, you know, win at the end or whatever, like it's a end win condition or something, like it's a password or something. You know, you don't know, right, what's going to be in the box or not in the box. We chose to not open the box um, and continue. And now I, I really need to play Death Trap Dungeon again and open the box to see what is inside, let alone choose like the other directions to go in, um, you know, open rooms or try to get that gem or you know, not be friends with the other people in the dungeon you come across. You know, like, there were so many choices and the story was so well written. Um, Joey and I ended up playing for something close to three hours. Super engaged. It was really late for him. It was probably late for me. Um, I remember I was like, oh, crap, I have to have dinner before it gets too much later. Um, So we were just so sunk into it. Um, I was so invested in my character. We died. We gave ourselves three lives at the start. Like, okay, so I'll keep a finger in, you know, the pages. And if we die in our choice, I'll go back. You know, we'll do that three times and then we just won't do it anymore. Um, But we felt like we were so close after the third one. Uh, And um, so we just had to keep going. Uh, and, and maybe that's cheating and you guys will all ring and yell at me for cheating. Um, uh, to die three times is probably cheating anyway. Uh, should have technically probably gone back to the start, but it, but it was way more fun to do it like this. And, and we had a blast rolling, um, together and stuff. So he was rolling the adventurer and I was rolling the creatures and that was kind of fun to roll off against each other and get all excited and scream when, you know, we did well and, I'm, 
you know, decide whether we used our skill or, I mean, sorry, decide whether we used our luck on that one because, you know, we didn't want to like push our luck and have it run out in a crucial situation or, you know, when do we use our potion of fortune to restore the luck when it gets really low or like, do we use it now to like help our odds, you know, um, when something happens and like, do we, do we step into this room at all or do we just close the door and leave it the hell alone? You know, um, I killed us just outright made the wrong decision. I pushed for a decision and I flipped to the page and we were dead. Uh, and, um, Joey lost us our shield because he was like absolutely sure that that decision was the right decision to make and the shield was gone and woof, that hurt later. That hurt big time later. Um, you know, and it, it was just, it was all these really cool things where you made a decision here and then like, you know, half an hour later that decision mattered. It, it was so worth $25 um, and worth waiting to play with Joey. I really enjoyed playing it with another person. So I'm I'm already set. I'm going to go buy another one, um, play with another one. I, I can't wait to ring Joey to do the next one and tell you all about it. But I can thoroughly, like, 10 out of 10, 5 stars, A+, plus, all of the highest accolades I could possibly give, Death Trap Dungeon, Fighting Fantasy by Ian Livingstone. You have to get your hands on it. You have to play it. It was an absolute blast. And I know Joey from Hindsight List has also talked about it on his podcast. I believe he's talked about a few different things. So if you're interested in hearing more about it, go head over to Hindsight List um, and have a listen to that. Uh, Yeah. Fighting Fantasy. Woo! I felt like the hero. Hi, Jules. This is Carl from The Geomologist and loving this episode a lot. I really am very interested in your pony game. I know there was Pony Finder, like I shared on the Discord, but I'm just curious to what rule set you might have used. You could have used really anything. There's so many from 5e to whatever the great games that you run. Um, But I did stop uh, your podcast because I had to comment on rule number four, be a fan of the players. I think that's my favorite rule so far. I definitely am a fan of the players and so much so that I've been accused of being a gonzo GM that I give them a lot of stuff. Honestly, it's all random rolls, right? From the old school uh, tables of magic. But uh, I definitely am a fan of the players. I love it when they roll that crit at a time in a timely manner. I love them doing crazy things and I generally say yes to them proposing crazy things. So I definitely sounds like you are too. Hey, Cal. Yes. Um, so we are playing My Little Pony, uh, the RPG system. I know that Pony Finder exists because you told me about it. Uh, yeah, so Pony Finder, for everybody out there listening, is a kind of a mix of like a My Little Pony kind of world, not like the official world, but kind of world and kind of players. So you're playing as ponies, but it sort of mixes in a whole lot of Pathfinder rules. So it's like way more intense in terms of making a character. There's a lot more going on, a lot more, um, you know, individuality and creativity that goes into making characters and that kind of thing. But um, 
uh, yeah, and it's a, uh, I believe somebody has made it and it's listed on RPG drive through So if you're interested in looking up that rule system, look for Pony Finder on RPG drive through um, Otherwise, what we're actually playing is the official Hasbro version of My Little Pony, the RPG system. So um, without any further ado, let's get into My Little Pony. Oops, I forgot to talk about your other point, which also leads me to another point, how Joey said that the record scratch isn't in there anymore, which is true. Rude, Joey. Why did they remove the record scratch? Now we've got to put up with remix when we stuff something up and we want to go backwards. That's not the same. Is it because nobody knows what a record scratch is anymore? Are we just old now? That's upsetting. Um... No, but okay, so I am a massive fan of my players, hugely so. Um, When they propose ridiculous and outrageous solutions to things and when they ask me if they could potentially argue that their um, inspiration could be used to force the bad guy to roll with uh, disadvantage, you know, um, I love to say yes. I live to say yes, but um, obviously I I do that within the rules and, and I pull inspiration from real life in order to pull limitations around what I might do or how things might work. Um, I very much improvise just seat of my pants. Um, I cannot tell you how many games afterwards I've called Joey and been like, oh my God, I just invented an entire family with a crest and now I have to put them into the game and now they're important somehow and I actually don't know how and I have to create all of that and God damn it, why do I do this to myself? Um, yeah, so I, I, I seat of the pants all the time, but I love to say yes. Uh, one of my players recently in one of my salt marsh games was um, they were trying to drag an incredibly heavy chest uh, together as a team through a sinking ship with fleeing etiquettes and giant spiders and more demons and gas and swarms of spiders and a phase spider and a, a evil um, half-orc druid uh, called Krell. Um, all of them alive and all of them scrambling to the top of this sinking ship and all of them trying desperately to survive, right? And the more demons just going through and eating indiscriminately everything because that's what they do. They're just all teeth and mouth. Like, they eat. I'm... Um, Survival probably pretty low on the grand scheme of things. Someone will bring them back, I'm sure. They probably can swim. Well, they can't swim, but you know what I mean. Um, so, so yeah, so that was happening. And he asked if he could turn into an octopus in order to use the octopus's, or giant octopus, apologies, in order to use its great strength to pull through. Um, and I was like, yes, but as a giant octopus, you have like, what, a 10 foot movement speed on the deck, which isn't underwater. So you can't swim. So he's like there just like slithering around in his gross octopus body, like hauling this chest. Yes. Managing to do it himself while his companions like fight and keep things off him and stuff. But he's like moving it like this incredibly stupid speed because um, the whole thing is, is you have to roll high to get 
uh, less penalties, essentially. So the penalties are like, okay, so you only have a negative 10-foot movement speed. But, you know, octopuses on dry land only have like 10-foot movement speed. So um, then they were like, okay, well, what if I just like tie a rope to myself, tie a rope to the chest, and then I can kind of get into the ocean and then pull it from the ocean. It was like a whole thing. Um, And they were exploring and they were creating and they were trying to get around the rules of having to have two people carry the chest and only one of them fighting. And they were doing a great job. And I love that and I support that. And um, I just, I I love to see my players get creative and get inspirational and, and explore the space. So I always want to encourage it. Um, I love that you are too. Um, I, I think there could be more of that in the world. Screw the rules. Let's play. Let's get off book. <laughs> she says, also being a stretch rules follower. But, you know, th- there's space for both is what I'm trying to say. Say yes to your players more. They love you. They love you, they love you for it. Um, don't give them everything they want because, they, you know, you, they'll, you create spoiled brats who will um, – you know, burst through every encounter you have by asking for ridiculousness. So I don't tend to give my players too many magic weapons, for instance, or um, I I have a, um, strict rules about what is accessible to them. But I'm like, you use what is accessible to you in any way possible you can think of. So that's kind of how I tend to work things to make sure that the games aren't too broken. I like my players to struggle. It's not a good game without struggling. They nearly died on that ship and they said it was one of the most fun encounters they'd had so far. So, you know, players like it when you nearly kill them. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. Anyway, insert record scratch noise in reverse here. Let's go back. Let's talk ponies. My little pony, my little pony, what is friendship all about? My little pony, my little pony, friendship is magic. Hey Jules, Jason here. I Really awesome hearing about the birthday party. Great job. I've really had a great time playing with you in Pathfinder, by the way. I, I do hope you're starting to feel a little bit better and they're they're figuring something out there. As far as the ponies, well, I think they should go to the library. So I'm excited for the next part of that adventure, and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Hey, Jules, Carl here. I think the ponies should go to the library to find out more about red dragons. That is my choice. Um, if we can do more things, then uh, maybe there's an order to it, but uh, I'll just give one choice now and wait to see what happens I'm sure there would be some discussion as Strong Oak would want to charge into the fray. Um, but uh, since he, I don't know, I associate with Strong Oak, Heart, Strong Oak the most, I guess. But uh, since he is all about uh, defending his friends, he might uh, defer to uh, the others. And they would, I don't know, I would think a library is the best course. Find out what it's about, what its weaknesses, what it might want. Because probably a stand-up fight is not going to work. What motivates a red dragon? And I think you'd find that in the library. Okay, so as far as what the pony should do first on their quest to face this ancient monster that's menacing this village, I think Firebrand is sort of pushing the other two ponies hard to go to the library. 
strong strong oak wants to just dart in there just head right off into the heart of adventure and get after it but firebrand knows that no 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 you got to do research you got to go to the library first especially if you're going to be facing an ancient red dragon the pegasus pony i don't know what they're doing but my vote i think firebrand gets it my vote is that they go to the library and do some research Hello, my pony adventurers. It's time to continue the Dragon's Bounty, where you are three wee little ponies uh, searching for your cutie marks using the My Little Pony roleplay system. Now that we know what's happening, um, <laughs> if you want more information about what you have missed and what you are walking into, uh, go back to my last episode where I explain what's happening. Um, but due to popular vote, votes are in, people, and we have a unanimous vote for going to the library. So let's go to the library. Let's see what happens next. It's always a good idea to read up on the situation. You move across Waterfront Court and quickly make your way north, heading up another of the main streets that run through the city. It only takes a moment for you to arrive in the Grand Library of Van Hoover. The library is not as expansive as those in Ponyville, Cantalot, or the Crystal Empire, but it's still one of the oldest buildings in Van Hover and houses an impressive number of books. You trot up the steps and through the large double doors at the front of the building. You ask the librarian at the desk where you might find books about dragons and receive a curious look. Nevertheless, you're quickly directed towards the upper east wing of the building. Following the directions, you arrive at a section labelled Magic Beasts and Creatures of Legend. You seem to be in the right place. Time to do some research and see what you can dig up. Picking through what relevant books you can find, you begin to make some progress. There is limited information on dragons overall due to their relative rarity and usually reclusive behaviour. This is not the first time a dragon has caused trouble for Equestria, though, so you start to look for accounts of past dragon encounters. A few first-hand accounts by adventurers describe the essentials for exploring a dragon's lair. These are most commonly a lamp for dark places or medicinal pony balm, which helps to heal cuts and bruises, a common occurrence when facing a dragon. You make a mental note to pick up a lamp or pony balm on your way out of Van Hoover, and you decide to dig a little deeper into the books. Now, this is where we've reached our first test. So I'll be rolling the tests for you, because um, we obviously have Thrilly Philly, Strong Oak, and Firebrand, who are here working together as a team to beat these challenges. So what we have to do is we have to look at their character sheets, which if you are on the Patreon, you'll be able to see because I've included a PDF of them. And that's, you don't have to be a Patreon. I've made that a public access. So you can just go and visit Jules from NZ's um, Patreon and see the post and see the uh, character sheets that I'm using and play along yourself. Um, so I'm making a mind test. So we need to go to their mind 
box on their sheet which has a dice in it so it'll say like d6 or d4 so thrilly philly has a d6 on mine she's a bit smarter than the rest um but strong oak and firebrand only have d4s on mind so um we're going to do a mind test the book says that the mind test is a difficulty three which means they need to roll a three or over on their dice enabled to to pass this check obviously with a d4 trying to get a three is a little bit tougher so um we'll see what we can do there uh we'll roll up for the three of them and usually if uh half of them pass then all of them pass it's like a a teamwork check so hopefully um we pass this test okay so here's the thrilly filly with her d6 nice nice three Thrilly Philly rolls a four. Pass your difficulty test uh, fine. All right, Strong Oak with a d4. Oh, oof. Strong Oak got a two. Not very good at reading the books, apparently. All right, Firebrand, it's all up to you. Nice. Okay, so Firebrand rolls a three, and that is a pass. So that means that we succeed this check. So if you succeed, turn to section 69. 69 all right yes here we are okay so after a short while you find references to a particular dragon a red dragon called razor larger than most other dragons by far who become angry and disturbed ponies in the area around unicorn range this sounds very familiar it seems that only the most ancient dragons grow to be such a huge size. So the dragon you're reading about must be the same one that's causing trouble now. It would certainly be old enough based on its size, and it seems to have been powerful enough to have old legends written about it. In the past, it was Princess Celestia who dealt with this dragon around 400 years ago. In that case, just like today, Razor flew into a rage which caused tremors in the ground along with other disturbances. You read on and discover that the reason for the dragon's anger was the loss of his prized possession, a huge gem called the Cinderstone. According to the story, the dragon was searching all around Unicorn Range for the Cinderstone, but Princess Celestia eventually found it inside the dragon's lair. Perhaps the dragon simply misplaced it? It makes you think that maybe the same thing has happened again. What if the Cinderstone has gotten lost inside Razor's lair again? The book has a drawn illustration of the Cinderstone. You decide it might be useful and make a copy of the drawing on a piece of parchment. Ooh, ponies, we get to add a Cinderstone illustration to our inventory. I wonder if that'll come in handy later. You spend a short while longer reading and then decide it's time to take action. You leave the library for now. Outside, you take the first opportunity to look for either a lamp or some pony balm to help you on your quest, as the first books you read suggested. Not wanting to lose any more time, you fo decide to focus on finding one of these items. Okay, so here is where we're going to make your choice. You, as a team of out there ponies, I know uh, Joey is very invested in playing Firebrand, as we heard, um, you need to choose which item we're going to add to our inventory. So we have our Cinderstone illustration. I'm looking forward to finding out how that comes in handy later. But are we going to add a lamp 
to our inventory, which obviously lights our way when things get dark? Or are we going to add pony balm to our inventory, which obviously is very soothing for ponies, helps with the effect of allergies, asthma, even small scratches and wounds, and helps a pony gain five points of stamina up to his or her maximum, of course. Can't go over your maximum, but five points of stamina could be handy in a pinch. Oh, but if we're in the dark, maybe a lamp would be handy. Maybe we can use the lamp to do other things. I don't I don't know. What are you going to choose? It's all up to you. I look forward to hearing your call-ins, getting your messages. I got messages on Discord last time. It was very cool. I love hearing from my ponies. So, yeah, the choice is in your hands. Let's play. Okay, folks, that brings us to the end of Jules from NZ. So um, I just want to give one more big shout out to all of the people that called in um, and left answers for the ponies or um, just talked about previous episodes. I love that. So thanks to Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast, Carl from GMologist Presents, um, and Joey from Hindsightless. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Dusty as well, who I forgot to say uh, also voted for um, the library for the ponies. Message me on um, Discord privately and and put their vote in also had some other things to say about what the ponies should do but that's not how this works um Dusty I hope you uh enjoyed what ended up happening for the ponies and I look forward to hearing um from you again about uh what you think the ponies next step should be so big thanks to you also a huge thanks to my gems that keep me going James Jason Barry Laren Ezekiel KP and Joey I love you all desperately thank you very much for um, continuing to support Jules from NZ and the things that I do. Um, it means a lot that you're enjoying my craziness and my love for RPG. Um, if you're enjoying listening to Jules from NZ, please give the show a review on the platform of your choice. It all helps me get seen by more people, which makes me feel like I'm semi-famous, which is cool. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, most of those things under Jules from NZ, but Twitter you'll have to find me under Jules Bergser um, because they won't give me their Twitter handle. And so with that, inuhora, uh, kakiteano, aroha nui, mwah. Goodbye, see you later, and I love you lots. (laughs) See you next time. Bye.